0: This message was brought to you by Christian Service.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on when you're listening to this, and welcome to the Fancy Files Podcast. It is the greatest podcast in the world. One day it will be, you'll see. I am your host, Greg the Scott, and I have today with me an incredible panelist of co hosts. First, we have the mighty Mick. Howdy. How are you doing, Mickey?
2: I'm doing very well, thank you.
1: Yes. Are are you
2: rejoiced? I'm rejoiced and drinking from my favorite chalice. Tell us about that. Uh, I got it at La Ronde at the go-karting event. Did you win? No. I lost, but you can buy these, just like you can buy your own trophies, which means you don't have to participate in anything. (laughs) You just go straight to the prize.
1: Now that I know this, I might attempt at this. Also, along with the Mighty
0: Mick, we have a blah... Ezra, the Ezra Soros Rex. How Hello. are you? I'm doing great. Got some new uh, recording equipment, and I'm enjoying uh, figuring it all out.
1: Very good. And along with the Ezra Sorus Rex, we have his tag team partner that forms the power couple, which I actually believe forms the greatest tag team duo in Christian service history. They are the tag team champions right now. Um... There are no challengers, but we'll see. Maybe one day that will change. It's the Rubido. How are you?
3: Hey, I'm good. I had a nice day at work. And uh... it went really great. And it was quick.
1: Very good. Very good. Very good.
3: Very good. <laughs>
1: now, just so we know, are you in or out of the flow today?
3: In the flow. Okay. I thought you wanted to get out of the flow.
1: <laughs> I know. I don't know what to do. One of these- All right. So after that wonderful introduction, which was not cringeworthy at all, uh, (laughs) uh, we are continuing our topic in Philippians chapter four, which is uh, dealing with the peace of God specific to uh, struggling with anxiety. And when it says anxiety here, uh, I, I know we have to be careful because we want to make sure you, everyone understands what we're talking about with this. And because today, I mean, so many people are dealing with anxiety, but we also know that there's different, there's obviously different types of anxiety. And so we're, we're not specifically talking about people who actually do have, who have like physical health problems and, you know, need medication. What we're talking about here in this passage, and not that the Lord can't heal and deliver and help you with that. What we're talking about here is when your thoughts take off, when your mind wanders. You know, and it, could, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be bad news that comes your way. It could just be a situation that you're facing, and your mind just absolutely takes off, and you get these anxious thoughts. And the Lord is saying, "No, be an- don't don't allow this to happen. Be anxious for nothing." In the King James, it says, "Be careful for nothing." So. We want to look at that, and we have been looking at that, on what are the tools that the Bible gives us, that the Lord gives us on how to uh, discipline our thought life so that we do not allow our minds to wander. This is something that takes effort. This is something you got to put work in. This is not just simply, oh, cool, pray about it once, and then, oh, the Lord didn't answer my prayer. What's going on? That's not how that works. You need to seek God, and you need to, to... Actively uh, work at this, and and not that the Lord doesn't deliver on one prayer. So I know some people are gonna hear that and be like, "Look at what he said. That didn't sound right." Easy Tiger. Okay, actually listen to what we're saying. Okay, you gotta put, you gotta take the Word of God and apply it into your life daily. It's not a once I read it and I never need to read it again. That's not how that works. So. Uh, we've been, I don't know how many podcasts we've done on this now, I've lost track, but today what we're going to do is we're going to go back into Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. I'm going to get the mighty Mick to read that verse for us. He is the official Bible reader of the group.
2: Thank you. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.
1: Amen. Thank you. Amen. Did you enjoy reading it? Yes, I did. Do you want to read it again? Sure. <laughs>
2: And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Did you enjoy the first time or the second time better? The second time a bit better. Does
1: everyone agree? <laughs> yes. All right, good. Now, in our last podcast, we talked about the peace of God. And obviously, there is a buildup to this verse. Uh, and the buildup being is it's not we're not just jumping in at this. Word. This is why it's important When you're reading the Bible, you need to read everything in context. You need to read the verses before. You need to read the verses after. Because in doing that, you get the whole picture. Because if you just read, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, and then you're not getting the peace of God, and you're like, well, what's going on? How come it's not happening? Well, it's not happening, because you probably just read one verse and ignored the rest of the Bible, and unfortunately... And I'm not, I don't want to broad rush and say everyone does this, but I think there is a bit of a problem uh, within Christianity today, where you do have Christians who only, only read like one verse. They don't. They don't read the. They won't read chapters of the Bible. They or they'll jump all over the place and they don't go through the entirety of the Bible, so they're not getting the full picture. So in the build up to this, one Paul starts talking about in verse four how we're to rejoice. And we talked about rejoicing, what that looks like in our lives. Uh, and then he goes into saying in verse 6, be anxious for nothing. But he doesn't just stop there. Then he goes into how we do this. And we, talk, we were talking about prayer and supplication, the different types of prayers that we do. Uh, there's, if, if Whatever the problem is that is affecting you, that is causing you anxiety, well, not only do you pray about it in your daily prayer life, which every Christian needs to have, So if you don't have a daily prayer life right there, step one, start with that. Then the supplication. This is now more intense prayer. This is separate from your daily prayer life where you're like, okay, there's a desperation involved here. This is really causing me some heartache. This is really causing my thoughts to wander. So I'm going to dive into and seek God. And then it talks about how we mix that with thanksgiving, thanking God for the answers that he's going to give us. And then the passage says, Let your request be made known to God. If you're not letting your request be made known to God, then you're not going to get that peace of God stuff's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So, Christians, brothers and sisters, seek the Lord. Let your request be made known to God. And then that opens the door for and the peace of God. And the peace of God. This is what we want, not just simply peace. It's the peace of God. It's his peace. It's supernatural peace. Because here's the thing. Anxieties that we face, whether it's today, because I know it's very easy for us to say, ah, but what we're facing today, no one has faced before. Okay. But let's not pretend that, you know, that we're the only generation or this is the only point in history That has had anxieties like no one has ever had anxieties before. Like when you think about our lives and and you compare it with, with, with history and you think like for us, like you just go out in the grocery store and get food, you bring it, put it in your fridge and then you can go out and, you know, take out a dinner and put it in the microwave and there you go. You go back 150 years ago, they didn't have grocery stores like they didn't have fridges, they didn't have microwaves. You ever get stressed over, like, I don't know what to eat? Can you imagine living that long ago without, like, not having those amenities? So let's stop thinking that it's just our generation that deals with anxiety.
0: Every generation has dealt with anxiety. Yeah. And I think the other thing to remember is Ecclesiastes, where, you know, Solomon says, hey, there is nothing new under the sun. Every anxiety that we face, every stress that we face, it's all the same. It's just variations of the same thing. Like, sure, we have anxiety today about, oh, man, you know, what am I going to eat? Or, oh, man, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm just, you know, how am I going to make ends meet? Well, yeah, people have been worrying about those kinds of things for centuries. They were worrying about it 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 150 years ago. Like, that's always going to be a concern. There's always the natural worries of life. The only thing that changes is the specific circumstances. Like you were saying, yeah, sure, today we have, like, grocery stores and technology and, you know, like, there's always going to be anxieties going on. It's just the specific circumstances that change.
2: And let's be real, it's pretty great that we do not have to worry about our lives uh, in terms of, like, safety. Uh, especially as Christians you know you don't have to go back far in time and actually you just have to go other places in the world to see that they are going through uh, those kinds of anxieties of fearing for their lives for believing you know we have uh, if anything we fear for our standing there's a big possibility that for being a Christian uh, you might you could technically lose your job or at least promotions you could uh, lose friends and family, especially if you're in an area like a province like Quebec that has a different religion as its uh, focal point. Whether they actually go through with it or not, that's another thing. But like, this is a place where Catholicism is big. And so if you're a Protestant, um, there's a, a high percentage of chance that some people in your family are Catholics and might not agree with your stances on the Pope
1: and other things. Yeah, good point. Uh, One of you said something, I think it was you, Mick. um, And We're talking like Christians today and we can lose our jobs. You think in North American Christianity, Christianity in the West, like losing your job for being a Christian is probably and, and potentially going to jail. That's really what the one of the worst things that we can face. I mean could we die for our faith? It's possible, but this is not something that's happening in the day to day you know going about of life here in the west. Have people died because they were a Christian? Someone might have gone and killed them. But yeah, I'm 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 quite sure it has happened. Uh, when I say in the west, I, I mean like actually within western countries, not some Christian in the who's from the west goes overseas and then gets killed or, you know, uh, Middle East or somewhere in Africa or in the tr- in t- among tribes and then gets killed. Because I know people will be like, oh, hello. What about all these missionaries? Easy, Tiger. Let us finish her point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But now having said that, there was a point in time in history and even today in certain parts of the world where Christians, they will and have died for their faith. It's easy to, for Western Christians who have never left their streets and their and their home base to romanticize that. And we kind of do. We look at the missionaries who've gone and died for their faith. Um, Jim, Elliot. Jim, I was going to say Bill Elliott, but that's no, that's not him. But yes, I was thinking of, of, of Elliot, and a, a lot of Christians did like, wow, look at what he did. And Yes, we understand, like, wow, look, at he was willing to die for his faith. He he cares so much about preaching the gospel. But it's easy to look at that and like, wow, how cool that is. You can't imagine the type of stress that someone is going through when they're actually facing death for their faith. When governmental officials or the police or whoever or the Roman soldiers— are threatening to kill you and your family because you will not recant your faith. It's easy to sit, "Oh, I I can handle that, no problem." No. Are you kidding me? The amount of anxiety that you would face over that is really compared to nothing that what we would face. I mean, and and in the when you think about anxiety, a lot of it is this fear of losing something. So I think you know if, if you struggle with like. Health anxiety, where you're always afraid you're going to die, that's that's overwhelming. Can you imagine if the threat of death was actually there? Someone with a sword, someone with a gun. Well, uh, we can't forget that people are like see Jim Elliot,
2: and we're like really excited to die for our faith, which is I guess a weird kind of thing to to say and think. But the reality is that Jim Elliot not only died for his faith, but before that, uh, leading up to that, lived for his faith. Amen. His entire life, if you read his journals, if you read how he went about the, the mission field, it was all about the gospel. And so some Christians here today are just okay with not living for Christ, not going out there and devoting their lives to him, but have this, like you said, romanticized vision of what it is to be a missionary. You know, being a missionary isn't... Uh, taking a few pictures with black kids in Africa and then posting that on Instagrams to get likes. That's really not what it's about.
3: Yeah. Um, since we're, like, talking about missionaries and everything, it reminds me of the times on Sundays at church when they would have, like, Mission Sundays. And I would always appreciate Mission Sundays because, like, it would allow us to understand the severity of the... Um, situation of our brothers and sisters in christ and it would sort of um sort of help us like empathize with them and to sort of like feel a little bit of what they feel because they would they would like really explain the situation and um yeah Mission Sundays. I really hope they bring it back.
1: So now you might be saying, why are you talking about this? And are we minimizing the anxieties we're facing today? Absolutely not. So if you're listening to this thinking, oh, they're just only Christians who are facing death, that anxiety matters. No, no, no. The Lord actually doesn't say here, be anxious for nothing if you're about to die. It's all types of anxiety. But I bring up Christians facing death, especially it's happening today and and probably throughout the most recent, I I think I read this, and if I'm wrong, forgive me, but I remember reading something along the lines that at least in the 20th century, maybe into the 21st century, it has been the era or decade, no century, sorry, where most Christians have died for their faith. So this is something that is happening. What I'm trying to point out is that it's easy for us in our culture today to think that what we're facing is the worst that anyone has faced and no one faces anything like us. And that, I I hate to say it, but that's a self-centered, a bit of a selfish attitude to think it's only us that's facing problems. No, everyone is facing problems. And then if we honestly think that our problems are unsolvable, that the anxiety I'm facing is unsolvable. And again, what you're facing is real. It's not to minimize what you're facing. What you're facing is serious, and and people at this table have been ex- honest about the anxieties that they face. I have faced anxieties over the years, and that at times, it's it can be debilitating. It can be overwhelming. You lose a job, and it's, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do, and you, then the thoughts just crash down, crash down, crash down, and you're just so overwhelmed, but to think that only us in this day and age face that, I mean, you think we got government safety nets, you know, you, you, you pay into it taxes, you lose your job, you can get unemployment for for months. Years ago, they didn't have that. They lost their job. That was it. What's going to happen? if No one's there to, to take care of them. It's over. So to think that th- this was written at a time where people actually didn't have legitimate anxieties, if you think that way, that's wrong. That is absolutely wrong. This is the Lord knows that all throughout history, people would be facing serious, debilitating anxieties from just the day-to-day life fa- for Christians facing death and just anything, anything they face. And if we're not careful, you know, it, as time goes on, if we don't know how to overcome and if we don't know how to discipline our thoughts, then it's going to get worse and worse and worse to the point where the littlest thing can just set you off. And let's be honest, does anyone want to live like that? No. No one wants to live like that. Unless there's some weird... You get a kick out of feeling broken and you use it as a way to like build yourself up and look at me, I'm the most broken one there is. So outside of that, no one wants to live that way. So that is why... This peace that God gives us is supernatural because we know in our own selves we can't calm those waters. We can't silence in our own selves the voices of fear. We can't overcome and then you think the enemy coming in and attacking our minds. We can't in our own selves fight the enemy. We need that supernatural power of God greater than us greater the anxieties greater than our problems and again we've spoken before about the cross and how in the cross jesus christ not only is the sin debt addressed but even through the cross there is victory over things like this
2: well you know you talk about the enemy and especially being like at the forefront of all of this but Really, the the language that is used here, right, points towards that. It points towards um, warfare. Uh, this verse really implies that, especially if you look at the ori- uh, original language, it, it's it can be a bit lost, I guess, in translation. But this idea that um, the spirit, like garrisons the heart, makes a puts up a wall around it, and and, and our thoughts, and just this idea of like. Pushing and, like, protecting us, that true peace only comes in times of war, like, around the conflict. And that's the peace that is Amen. divine uh, and given to us.
1: Amen. Yep.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, a lot of, like, spiritual warfare and talks of, you know, demonic oppression, That's it's often overlooked and not spoken of in in the Western church today, because more often than not, people have kind of just left the supernatural in the dirt, unless it is like a horror movie or, you know, just movies in general, right? But I I think we, we, we forget that we're the targets of the enemy. We're called as Christians daily to put on the full armor of God because of spiritual warfare. And this also, this verse, as Mick pointed out, also points in that direction of spiritual warfare, that uh, when we bring our anxieties brought on by this like spiritual warfare to God, he will have that garrison put up to protect our minds and hearts.
1: Yeah. Okay. So. We know that. According to these verses that we've read, the rejoicing, the seeking of God, the promise is that when we're bringing our requests to God, so whatever thing you're facing, bring it to him. No matter how big or small it is. And remember, with God, there's nothing too big. Also, there's nothing too small. You will hear people that will say, don't bring that to God. That's a waste of time. He needs to solve world hunger. Stop it right now if you say things like that stop or like you know or you know that's too big god can't stop limiting god so whatever you're facing if it seems really silly and of course if you start talking to other people some people might think or maybe you might think i'm getting freaked out over things that are silly the fact that it's causing you to freak out is doesn't it's not silly it's bringing pain into your life so the promise is that when you go to God and you truly seek Him and, you, and you're and you rejoicing in Him you're with thanksgiving, that the promise is, and then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds, guard your hearts and minds uh, through Christ Jesus. Now, I want to look at hearts and minds. Okay. I want to look at hearts and minds. Bec- what does that mean? What does it mean when He says He's going to guard your hearts and minds? So we tend to really, like,
2: because of the English language and how it is, we tend to split those two things as being like distinct from one another. But, um, hearts all throughout the Bible really refers to the inner man or woman. And, um, it really refers to like all that, you know, our will and our thinking, everything that happens on the inside, that is really what it pushes forward. So it will, so that peace that passes, surpasses all understanding will guard the inner man.
0: I think also it's important to understand that in like the Hebrew culture and also much of the the Greek and Roman culture, the heart was considered to be what the brain is that we, what we know the brain is now back then. That's what the heart was considered to be. It's the center of your being. It's uh, your emotions, your spirit, um, the the faculties are all controlled by your heart and then your mind um, was also used to refer to that it's it's the thought process and so when when god says he's going to guard your hearts and your minds it's uh, part of like hebrew and greek writing where they would repeat themselves to add emphasis so he's gonna guard those that He's going to guard you to the very core of your being, not just, oh, he, he's going to make sure you feel okay. He's going to like keep you safe. It's like, no, no, no. He's going to guard you right down to the core of your being because he's God the Father, and only he can guard you right down to the core.
1: Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's like pretty much what I wrote down.
0: great minds think alike
1: yeah the heart which is as you guys said the center of our physical and spiritual life so when he guards us and keeps us it's our whole being not part of it but our whole our whole life uh, which includes affections, emotions, desires, appetites, passions which is which is important because anxiety will greatly influence all those things and then, then going into the mind part, it's like, well, why is he going to that? Why is he? Why are they going to say that? When pretty much, you know, the heart in that context would talk about the whole person. Well, then he's also emphasizing the fact that our minds can really wander, and it really begins in the mind. It's just like where we think, the thoughts, the, our purposes, you know, what, all of that. When anxiety starts there, when we allow our thoughts to wander off track and then when we allow our thoughts to wander off track, that's when it will affect everything, not only our physical life, because anxiety can manifest itself in our physical being. People have experienced because of anxiety, um, physical problems. Maybe you're hearing this and you know this to be true. I mean, it it could cause you sleepless nights. It can cause you sleep. And just think, like, there are things that we allow our our minds to wander into that cause anxiety. And we'll say, like, it's, it's silly, right? Oh, we shouldn't have let that bother us. But then it's like, well, that silly thing then causes me to miss a couple of nights of sleep. And now I'm just physically a wreck. Which then adds more to the problem, because now if you're if you're not sleeping, then you're not, you know, you're not able to to deal and and, and even think properly. But then it can also affect your spiritual life, because it can cause you to wander off track too, if you're not careful, you know. Because then all you're doing is focusing on the problem, and then it can cause you to kind of shut away. Some people do that when they're when they're going through that; they'll shut themselves away not just from people but from god too
2: well i think that's really what needs to be brought up right the reason why god makes a point to talk about anxiety is because the human body rots when it is in fear of it when it is living under the control of that if we do not give it to god then we are essentially rotting away spiritually and physically you look through history all these people that have gone through many difficult challenges and whatnot you'll hear they their their bodies were were just breaking apart you, you'd have people who'd preach every day but had like s- suffered with stones in their stomachs for like years and years uh, preachers who would have gout and deal with depression and all these things and when under pressure the body that's what it does but God at least gives us, a way out or at least a way to ease that
0: pain in the midst of uh, the trial. Yep. And there are plenty of medical studies that point to that too, where it's like, you know, if you deal with un, like unaddressed stress, untreated stress, and you just let it go on and on and on, all studies show that it just shortens your lifespan. It makes you sick more. Uh, it makes you more tired it ruins your sleep cycles like all science shows that like stress like in the extreme like bad levels of stress will like do damage to your body and make you sick
1: yeah absolutely yeah all right um i believe that is where we'll come to an end for this podcast today <laughs> uh does anyone have any final comments they want to add on this? I'm getting no's from everyone at the table. All right, no problem. Well, I pray that this podcast, that this study has been a blessing to you. And I do want to, again, say this. We're not telling people who have medical problems that have been could have been caused by brain injuries or... You know, you do have clinical depression that you need to be on pills. We are in no way telling you, take your medication and chuck it out the window or throw it out. We are not teaching that. Uh, If I get wind, I don't know how many times I've said this, but if I get wind that we were apparently saying that, we're putting it on a (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt. And then you can buy it. Christian service <laughs> says get rid of all medication. No. Okay. So, and we do believe that yes, God can heal people. And if you believe God has healed you, go see a doctor, get that confirmed. Cause we, and we know there's some powerful medication and there's dangerous side effects of just get getting rid of it. Yep. Okay. So we're not teaching that we're talking about, people when their thoughts and allowing their thoughts to wander and how we can get victory over thoughts. Even people who are on medication and they're going and seeing counseling are taught, these are, they're given techniques to help them with their thinking. Because yep. even medication in and of itself isn't going to magically just, oh, you know, here's the happy thought pill. <laughs> Only happy thoughts. You need to be taught how to do that. And the word of God is giving us these tools prayer is a powerful powerful weapon when we know who we're praying to Mm -hmm. we need to stop limiting god and believing that he can't touch certain areas of our lives that is wrong he can touch all areas of our lives so we pray that today has been a blessing to you and an encouragement uh i am greg the scott your host today on the fancy files podcast Along with my panel of co-hosts, we had the Mighty Mick. Thank you for having me. We have the Ezra Soros Rex. Always a pleasure. And we have the Little rabino. Thanks. God bless and take care.